Hi everyone, welcome to Season 2 of the Asian Hustle Network Podcast, where we interview Asian entrepreneurs and professionals around the world. And for this season, we're going to take our conversations deeper about our Asian identity and hustle stories. We also want to announce that we are hosting our first ever Asian Hustle Network Uplifted Conference next spring in Las Vegas. For more info and to reserve your seats, check out our website at asianhustlenetwork.com. Don't forget to grab a copy of our recently released book, Uplifted, Journeys of Abundance, Community, and Identity, which tells the personal stories of how 21 Asian American entrepreneurs are shifting culture. You can order it on our website as well. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Ali Mackey. Ali is a Japanese-American actress and the founder of Asian American Girl Club, an apparel company and social impact community that aims to redefine what it means to be a modern Asian-American woman. Ali can most recently be heard as the voice of Giggle McDimples in the Oscar award-winning Toy Story 4 as the first Asian-American woman in a lead role in the Toy Story universe, as well as in Freeform's Marvel series Cloak and Dagger and the TBS comedy Wrecked. Additionally, she can be seen as Ikumi in Dear White People and in roles on popular series such as New Girl, Two Broke Girls, NCIS, The Big Bang Theory, and 10 Things I Hate About You, as well as the role of Min in the film Geography Club. Multi-talented, Ali was signed to Columbia Records upon arriving in Los Angeles at the age of 14. Mackie will next be seen in Disney Plus' Home Alone reboot alongside Kenan Thompson, Ellie Kemper, and Rob Delaney. Beyond acting, Ali is vocal about ensuring representation in Hollywood and is dedicated to her mission of creating equitable and promising opportunities for Asian Americans across all walks of life, especially amongst young women and the next generation. Ali, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you on, Ali. So we're just going to jump right into it. So tell us about, you know, how you got into acting and really why, you know, why you do what you do today. Yeah, I started performing when I was six years old. I started doing musical theater and voiceovers. And, you know, I was the girl that was in all the activities. I did dance, all the types of dance, um, you know, ballet, tap jazz, show choir, all of the things. Um, And I ended up getting scouted when I was 13 and a half, 14 to come to L.A., And I was scouted by this manager, this kind of shady manager who scouted all these kids from all over. And I lived in this actor house, this kid actor house for most of my teenage years. Um, So I really got to experience a full kind of scope of the industry from my teenage years being, you know, many, many years ago to now and kind of how representation has changed, how um, my whole journey has changed, you know, from going from, oh, you can only audition for these kind of roles where you like math and you say one thing or like you're the best friend or 
of course, the like you do kung fu, which I'm the worst. You don't want to see me do kung fu. It's it's very embarrassing. <laughs> um, but to now, where we're reaching such great things, I could never have dreamed of this of this day happening. Where even meeting with uh, you know groups like you guys that are just killing it. I'm so I'm actually like kind of fangirling because you guys are crushing it. Like Asian Muslim at work all day. Like let's go. <laughs> I think, I think when we talk to you, it's like, oh man, like we're talking to Ali today. Like we kept staying up all night. We're like, oh man, like how do we position this interview that gives her the best experience? Because we look at you, we're like, star, we're starstruck, you know. And oh my gosh, stop! No, you guys are doing such amazing things. I'm I'm so in awe of this next generation too, and the the Gen Z of it all, like crushing it. <laughs> when we look at you, you're like the pioneer in like this space, right? Because look at you, like you are representing us in a super great light. You started the Asian American Girl Club. You know, can you quickly talk about that? Because we see you all over LA and we know the impact you have because I feel like at this point in our lives, our circles are kind of mixed together, right? And the thing that we always see is your shirt, your branding, your Instagram. Like what, what, what started all of that, right? And I'm, I want to hear how it links to your career and your perspective. And as you mentioned earlier of what you saw in, in the industry, right? How did it all link together and how did you get the inspiration and vision for Asian American Girl Club? Yeah, well, that's thank you for that. You know, like I said, coming from you guys, that's that's such an honor. Um, you know, it's awesome to see all of these kind of groups and businesses and organizations kind of take shape and you know, there really is room for all of us, which is so awesome. And I think we're for the first time, like learning how to unite and collaborate and really link arms. So, you know, I'm just always a supporter there. Um, but yeah, the AAGC really did start from my kind of personal own experiences of not only growing up in the industry, but my childhood, again, being that girl who was in all of the activities, I was actually talking to another interview where like, is that an Asian American kid thing, like we're just like in all of the activities. Like, I, you know, I don't want to say that any everyone's like that, but I certainly was. Um, but I would always find myself quitting these clubs, and I really defined myself as a quitter until I got to be an adult. And looking back, I realized that I really wasn't a quitter. I just never was able to have anyone that I could have that shared sense of identity, that, you know, shared story. And like, I think, you know, like even when I talk to you guys, I feel like we just know each other, right? Because we have that that great point of entry where we, all, we already get each other on such a deep level of being Asian American in this country. So I think for me, I didn't have that. And I realized, well, you're not a quitter. You just didn't have anyone that you could kind of sh share with. So that's that's really where the idea, idea stemmed from. And after Crazy Rich Asians came out, there was such an incoming, overflowing amount of support for Asian Americans for what I felt was the first time. And that was a very glass shattering moment for me. I, I felt very emotionally um, overcome, you know, just by everything that was happening. And so for me, it was, you know, how can I take this one step further? And I just couldn't get the name Asian American Girl Club out of my head. It really had, I had no plan for it, which was very crazy for me as somebody who is very perfectionistic, like struggles with that, you know, imposter syndrome world. Um, but I was with a couple of people, one of them being Travis, my, my incredible fiance, he was just like, just launch it and see what happens. And I was like, launch it. I don't, I don't even know what it is, you know? And, and so we did, we just made a logo, made an, I made an IG and dropped it. And the next morning we had messages from 
people all over the country, which later turned into people all over the world, sending in just stories or, you know, like college level dissertation essays about their identity, which I was like, what is happening? How'd you guys do this overnight? Um, and that's when I, I just thought, wow, this could really be something. There are so many people out there who resonate with this. They didn't even know what it was and they didn't care. They were like, whatever it is, we want this to exist. So for me, that was, we were making, I was making, you know, we were making t-shirts from my living room, you know, just like designing them or whatever. Um, and it really was just an organic growth. And I think that's what makes me the happiest is that it was never anything that was planned. It was just something, uh, a mission that people really identified with and really needed at that time and still need. And it's just been since then an organic growth. And I'm, I'm just so proud of that. That is so, so powerful. And I love that you kind of went through this breakthrough and realization that you're not a quitter, you know, and all you needed was community, people who went through the same experiences you did so that you could relate to them and talk with them. And I just love how, you know, not only do we see it on girls, but men wear it too. I love seeing that. (laughs) I think I see it on more men than women. I love that so much. And I just want to know, like, what do you hope to achieve with Asian American Girl Club, especially with the younger generation um, and younger women? Yeah, the younger generation is is so important to this. And especially for me, who everything I do is constantly trying to not only normalize what being an Asian American woman means and breaking down all of that over sexualization, the fetishization, which has been so much a part of my life and and my career of thinking that the only thing that mattered about me was my body. And that's been something that has been and needs to change. And, you know, after the Atlanta shootings, we saw all that. Obviously, this is something that is a very serious problem. And I just don't want these younger girls, especially to feel the way that I felt. And it was a very lonely experience. And also, I just did not know what was possible for myself until I was in my 30s. You know, so I always say, if I can give these feelings of self-worth and confidence to these women at, you know, 10 years old, six years old, imagine all that they are going to accomplish. And they're already these little superheroes. I mean, like I said, Gen Z is going to take over the world. And it's it's so cool to see the, the confidence that they walk with in knowing that they belong in these spaces. And that's, I think, the most important thing about Asian American Girl Club is it will always be a space that is inclusive for everyone to, to have and to empower yourself and others. And, and that's what I think is so important about it. Yeah. And that doesn't happen overnight. It happens with people like yourself that takes action and create the foundation for the next generation. So give yourself a lot of credit, Allie. Thank you for everything hey. you do. You guys, I feel like <laughs> I'm going to cry. This year. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, and look, like the work you've been doing, is, we, we, we've been getting, obviously we've been a lot, a lot more recognition lately in like these big companies and industries trying to age, like notice Asian Americans. Right. And particularly, yeah. let's talk about Hit Monkey. Like it's backed by by Marvel. It's on. It's going to be preview on Hulu for us to all see pretty soon. Let's talk a little bit more of this because this is to me a huge milestone of like when you look at the voice actor list. It's like a lot of Asian American names that you recognize, right? And let's talk about your character too in Hit Monkey. Like you are this good cop, you know, trying to. To do everything, <laughs> so it's like, like let's talk. Let's talk more about that because we do. You know, reading your bio and actually talking to you for the first time is like, okay, we do see a lot of your personality in this character, right? So we yeah. want to talk more about Hit Monkey. Let's talk. Let's talk about it real quick. Yeah, I mean, what a show! It is 
So wild. I am so stoked on this show, guys. And I, I honestly think your guys' um, you know, supporters are going to really love it as well. It's absolutely 100 percent a Marvel show, but at the same time, it is out there. It is so funny, first of all. Obviously, having Jason Sudeikis come in and be this kind of like wronged hitman that's now a ghost. I mean, there's so much going on. It's it's hilarious to have him there, but not only that like you said this cast is fire like to have a trailblazer like talking about honoring trailblazers having someone like George Takei in the cast I mean that for me means so much and you know I talk a lot about my family history of my grandmother was uh, incarcerated in the internment camps when she was a teenager and and George was actually in as well incarcerated in the internment camps when he was, I think, four or five or six. So to kind of like share that family history is something that means so much to me um, because obviously it's something I'm very, very passionate about. And beyond that, you know, have Olivia Munn, who's another just so, so outspoken about Asian American representation and someone that I will always support. And um, like Nobi Nakanishi, which another Japanese American, which means so much because there's there's not a lot of, Jap you know, obviously not a lot of Asian Americans, but Japanese Americans, too. You know, there's not a lot of us. So anytime I'm always like, where are you guys? I want to find us and connect us together. Uh, but, yeah, this show is so fun. It is so funny. The action is crazy, um, but it's certainly not for kids. It is a rated R production. And I always say that because a lot of kids are like, hey, should I watch this? And I'm like, no, 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 no. You should not watch this. Um, definitely not for you. But I love that because, you know, I've done a lot of family friendly stuff lately, which I absolutely love to my core. But it was so fun to take that left field and be like, oh, we're going there. Like, you're going to see somebody like sawed in half, you know, <laughs> and it's also going to be funny and irreverent, but also deal with themes that I think are very meaningful. Yeah, I mean, the cast is like really refreshing because I know in the past, Hollywood has a thing where they, they cast, you know, Asian characters and have white voice actors, right? And this time we have Asian voice actors. And that's, to me, it's so important to like see and hear people in our culture that can narrate the story correctly because there's the X factor element that we always discount for, right? It's like when, when you talk about something, when you're playing a character or narrating for a character, you emphasize things that are important nuances within Asian culture, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm so excited. And as you mentioned, it is rated R. We watch uh, pretty much all the episodes. We're just like, whoa, like, <laughs> I'm not really sure this is for kids, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not for kids. Uh, <laughs> please don't show this to your child. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's, let's talk. I mean, I know we talked a little bit, a little bit about Hitmonkey, right? And then man, like that's, this is such a, a big moment for the Asian American community. And where do, how do you see like this progressing forward, right? What, what do you hope to see and how do you see it progressing forward for our community to continue rising up and do, taking on these positions and roles and pioneer a new space for a lot of us to follow? 
Yeah. I mean, I really, truly believe this is just the beginning for us. And I think that's what's exciting is we're all really recognizing our power for the first time. Um, I give so much credit to my friend Bing Chen, who is one of the founders of, of Gold House. Obviously, you guys all know him. And, uh, you know, he really went in and changed like the structural elements of Asian Americans and entertainment, I believe, because with the Gold Open movement. And I think that was one of the first times alongside, uh, you know, YouTube with like the AJ Raphael's of it all and the and Wang Fu and you know those OG who I always will pay homage to as well you know those are spaces where we really are starting we started to understand our power and how many of us there are and how much Asian Americans really do matter so I will always honor those spaces and you know good for Bing for showing us that we can buy out theaters and we can sell out movies and and that's really what it's all about so I think this is just the beginning I think now that we understand our voices and our power and we're all starting to come together with stuff like what you guys are doing with AAGC obviously with with you know Gold House all of these incredible movements and organizations are being built really from the ground up with all of these people um that are in the nitty-gritty of being Asian American in Hollywood or any you know any of these spaces so I'm so excited for that and I really think the next phase of this is just all like truly uniting and building all together. And I think that's going to be the most exciting part um, alongside just more representation in Hollywood. I mean, go Simu for Shang-Chi, all of that. We need our Marvel superhero. We need more Marvel superheroes. We, <laughs> we need all the things. And, you know, that's something we talk about a lot at AAGC is the normalization, especially of Asian American women, where it's like, no, I'm not going to just play the best friend or the sidekick where, you know, her story doesn't matter. And like now is a time where we need to step in and and do leading roles, but also create our own stuff, you know, because that's where we're, you're really going to get that authenticity of story. I love it. I mean, it really makes truly a big difference, you know, to have younger generation and little kids see these type of movies. And we're living in such a powerful moment right now. There's just so many movies and films coming out representing Asians and to see Asians being the main character, you know, like we never saw that before, you know, as like 30 year olds, we never saw that before. But for yeah. kids, younger generation to see that, it makes all the difference because they truly do see people like telling these stories as Asians, right? And we're telling our own stories. Not It's not being told by other people who are not Asian. I think that's so, so important. Um, and I do wanna know, you know, just being in the industry since you were 14, how have you seen representation change throughout the years? And how can others who are not in the industry help with ensuring representation in Hollywood and just creating more opportunities for Asian Americans in general. Yeah. Okay. That is like a three-part question that I I would I would love to do like a two-hour TED talk on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Remind. What was the first part of the question? How have you seen representation change since being in the industry? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait. I know. I want. I have all the answers. Um, so I think, you know, like I said, I have such an interesting perspective because I did start so young. I did start when I was 14. And, you know, I was that girl that was like, let's go, like, whatever it is, I'll do whatever role it is. I, I you know, I felt very excited just being here. But, you know, as it went on, I realized that a lot of 
all that I was doing in the kind of audition room, I was taking with me in my personal life. And that's what I think makes me really sad about representation as a whole, is I saw for myself what it did to my own personal confidence. Like I would walk into rooms and I would hang my head low and just feel like I was inferior, or I would walk a little bit behind, you know, somebody because I just thought, well, I don't matter, you know? So I really did internalize this idea that I was a sidekick, you know, that became my identity. And for that, I understand how powerful representation can be because I truly looked at my life like, well, I don't matter. Like, I'm just the person that like you talk to if you, if you need something, or I'm just the person you talk to if, you know, if someone else is struggling with something. And it it makes me sad that people could look at Asian Americans in that way. And I think we have so much to offer, you know, like, again, Asian American women, I mean, we'll talk about Asian Americans all day, but Asian American women also are such the, they're leaders across all facets of life. If you look at beauty, fashion, tech, they're all crushing it at the highest levels. And that makes me really excited, but not getting a lot of shine for that, you know? So if we can put shine on them in any way, that makes me happy. And so again, yeah, my focus is for these younger girls of, yes, your story does matter. And it's so important to show these women in leading roles. Otherwise, what's going to happen is what happened to me, where essentially I felt worthless and I felt like almost secondary in all aspects of my life. So yeah, it's certainly something that very deeply matters to me and has changed a lot, very much changed a lot. I love it. You're such an inspiration, Ali. And I'm sure, you know, all of the other little girls who are looking to, you know, follow in the same career path or same footpath as you, they, they look up to you a lot. Um, and, you know, for others who are not in the industry, how can we help ensure that there is more representation for Asians in Hollywood um, and just, you know, creating more opportunities for Asian Americans? Yeah, well, I really think it starts from, you know, behind the camera to in front of the camera as well. Obviously, we need more actors like going out there and pursuing these creative fields. But again, it's really all about building this pipeline, right? It's showing the younger generation that you can do all of these things and that they are viable career paths as well. You know, I'm very lucky that my parents from day one, they were like, go, you know, everyone's like, how did your parents let you move out when you're 14? And I'm not advocating for that at all in the slightest but you know they were very supportive of me being in the in the creative arts they've always kind of uh, fostered that great environment so I feel very grateful for that um so I think the more of us that are, are paving these paths in whatever creative field they are like like you guys I mean how cool is this that we're all here doing the thing and doing it together um that's all again just proof that it can be done and that they are solid viable career paths I mean I talked to Trav my fiance say all day and he's been an independent artist his whole life and he's so sick of the idea of the starving artist right especially for Asian Americans it's like no we can make this uh, we can make a an amazing living and we can support ourselves and we can bring other people with us so I think that's what's most important is like creating the foundation internally for those pipelines to exist but also the mindset that we can do it right and not having that scarcity mindset of there's only room for me it's like no that actually doesn't work if only one of us is doing it because then you're just on an island alone like Hey, I'm here. Now what? You know, it it takes those big structural changes, but also the community aspect of it, which is a lot of what you guys are doing is absolutely the most important part because we cannot do it alone. 
Yeah, absolutely agree with you. And I like how you mentioned Travis too, because you know he's working on something really cool, you know, to support the artists. Yeah. And you know, we chat, me and him chat on a pretty daily basis. So I think that you two make a really powerful couple. And I'm excited yeah. for what's next. <laughs> it's funny because he's in the other room, like on a Zoom, like all day. <laughs> talking about fandom and it's it's um, tough it's tough what he does so shout out to to travis and you're in yourself as well thank you you guys are awesome no i I, i'm so excited for for all the things that we're all doing it just it feels exciting to be part of this moment right where we can actually make some big changes i also feel like the time is kind of ripe at this moment you know i feel like whereas like maybe a couple years ago we might be a little bit too early for these type of things and I feel like, particularly with the Asian community, there's a lot of unlearning to do because, you know, we're yeah. kind of grown up in a situation where we're rooted in competition, right? Whereas like you're pitting against your siblings or cousins, getting straight A's. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. now it's like this whole concept like that, hey, like we need to work together or we want to work together. It's, it's growing fast and it's spreading over, over to your community a lot. It's not like, not, we don't think of things as a zero-sum game anymore. And I know you mentioned like scarcity mindset, abundance mindset. We need more abundance mindset in our community, yes. right? And Absolutely. like you said, there's enough pie for all of us to succeed. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So. we needed those moments like the YouTube movement, the, the gold open movement to kind of prove that to us. Cause I also think we're like, wait, we got to see, you know, that this is going to work before, you know? And so those were really defining moments for us or like even crazy rich Asians, right? Like that was really just a big glass shattering moment for me at least. But yeah, I just think of the most impactful moments in my life going back to AAGC, right. Is again, not having any Asian American actress girlfriends. I mean, we all just stayed away from each other. We were like, no, there's only room for one of us, right? Like we can't be friends for some reason, which is so crazy. And now literally walking and living life with, you know, you know this group of all Asian American actresses um, that just complete me in ways that I've never had any female friendship complete me. And I, I'm just so grateful. I can't imagine doing something like being in this industry without them. So, you know, I think about, again, my younger self, like, how did you do this without anybody that understood you? You know, that's, it's crazy. I, I don't wish that upon anybody. That, that is a great question to ask you. How'd you do it? I mean, I think. Well, you know, um, you know, I think again, just being raised by such strong women, like my mom was a badass. My grandma was a badass, like super resilient. And I think her background of coming from, uh, you know, being interned, I think that she always filled me with these stories of like, you know, she never let that define her. She never let that stop her after the camps, they were let out with $25 in a bus camp with nothing, a, a bus ticket with nothing to their name, you know, but she still was able to make a living, make a family make a beautiful future for herself. So I think in, in, at the end of the day, I always had my AAGC, you know, it was just the women who raised me. So I think that that is, they, they helped me get through. I love that. I love that a lot. And since we're short on time, we're going to ask two more questions. One, yeah. one of the questions that we want to ask you is how did you, how did you motivate yourself to get through the darkest times? Because you understand that being a pioneer in any space or being the one that people look up to and being one of the first ones that people look up to, you're often dealing with an enormous amount of pressure. And like, like most of us, we're all human, right? We have imposter syndrome where we look at ourselves and be like, why me? 
why why am I in this position? How do how do how do I harness this influence for the better? Right. And sometimes you add a lot of pressure on yourself. So the question yes. is, how do you get through these darkest times when you have the darkest thoughts and continue motivating yourself to wake up every day and do the things that you do, even at a time we had no recognition for what you did, right? So how do you push through? Yeah, that's a great question. For me, that's something I struggle with a lot because even though it feels like, you know, I am in a very external career path, um, I'm actually a very uh, internal person. Uh, my family is very internal. We keep everything, you know, which is a very Asian American thing, but Japanese Americans too, you know, it's like you keep a lot inside. Um, and I was very shy growing up. So, doing this was something that was very uncomfortable for me. Speaking out was very uncomfortable for me at first, but the more I did it, uh, it just, every time I spoke from my heart, I felt like people really understood me in a sense. And that felt very, um, and that felt, you know, very heartwarming for me. So I think for me, it's just about every time I feel scared or nervous, I always reframe it in my mind that it's not about me um, because I'm very like, ah, don't don't look at me. It's 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 about the community or it's about if one girl can be inspired by anything that I'm saying, literally anything, then that means a lot to me. So I, I do get very anxious sometimes in terms of um, speaking out or being this role model or whatever. Um, but every time I go back to thinking about that, those young people and what, um, just me existing could mean, you know, not being perfect, not saying exactly the right things, or maybe they don't like the project I did, whatever. It, it doesn't really matter. I think it's just me continuing to pave on, I think, uh, just makes me feel like, okay, I got this. I can do it. I just have to keep going. <laughs> I love that. That's, that actually pulls on my heartstrings a lot because I find that I'm a very internal person. And I think it applies to a lot of Asian people too, because we just like to keep everything to ourselves, you know, and we all have a voice and, you know, I'm so glad that you were able to find your voice and be able to, you know, express yourself through an outlet. Yeah. Thank you so much. And that's why it's so cool. You have a podcast, you know? <laughs> your voice all, you know, every week. And so, but it's weird. I don't know if you experienced this, but it feels really good once you have found your voice. And once you kind of break away those stigmas of what you should say, I, you know, I talk a lot with my therapist about not doing what I feel like I, I should do or be, but just doing what I want, you know, and speaking from my heart and, and no one can take your story away from you. So. Yeah. Absolutely. So we have one minute left. So I do want to ask where can our listeners find out more about you, Ali and Hitmaki and Asian American Girl Club? Awesome. Uh, you guys can follow me at Ali Maki on Instagram and Twitter uh, and make sure to check out Asian American Girl Club, which is just at Asian American Girl Club or AsianAmericanGirlClub.com. Uh, that's where you'll find all of our awesome merch and our events and our book club and our Slack and all the things. And just know that everyone is a part of the club. It's just created by us, but made for everyone. So, you know, got to get Brian a shirt. <laughs> I need to get a T-shirt for sure. Oh, I'll send you guys shirts. Maggie, I got you. Brian, I got you. Uh, but yeah, you're all part of Team AAGC. So thank you guys for all the support. Awesome. Thank you everything that you do for our community. You know, it's a lot of unsung work sometimes, but I'm glad we're pushing forward and getting the recognition that you deserve. Thank you, Ali. Oh, 
Thank, Thank you. you so much, Ali. Bring back to you guys. You're doing great work. Thank you. <laughs> hey guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.